Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, and today I am sharing an episode from a dear friend of mine, Lisa Dawn's podcast that is called Healed Now What? And Lisa interviewed me, and I had said many times over the past few months that I was not going to share the full story of my breakdown my experience with CPTSD, and I shared it all on Lisa's podcast. So I'm sharing it today with you. Uh, Lisa has sent me the audio clip for me to share with all of you. It's a vulnerable share, and it speaks to my recent shift from New Age to Jesus along with many other attributes in my life that have changed. And so I'm excited to share it with you. And yeah, please let me know if you receive any wisdom from it, any nuggets um, or stories heal. And we see ourselves in another when we get vulnerable and raw. And so please, yeah, let me know how it touched you, how it's been received, and if you feel called sharing it with anybody that might benefit from hearing this story. I know as my struggle was with mental health, there can be a lot of shame that is carried around mental health. And my hope is that the more that we can speak about it, the more the the shame deconstructs in a sense. And yeah, so please share, write a review. I love, love, love reading your guys' reviews. Give it a a rating, it all helps so much to get these conversations out and it's an act of reciprocity with the podcast. There is a link in the show notes to listen to Lisa's new podcast. I highly recommend giving it a listen as well as one of her courses that um, is similar to the work that I did with her while journeying with CPTSD. Yes, so let's dive into this episode as Lisa interviews me. I was teaching yoga. I was a trained priestess. I was doing ceremonies with the moons. I was, you know, and all of that was so beautiful and potent. And then my trauma caught up with me is how I kind of define it. Dawn here. Welcome back to the Healed Now What podcast. My oh my, pull up a seat and a warm cup of tea. And of course, if you're listening on the road, enjoy your drive. So today we have the lovely Lisa Hillier joining us on the show. This vulnerable conversation is packed with wisdom and personal stories. We go into Lisa's journey into CPTSD and what happens when we have a traumatic trigger and nervous system dysregulation. We chat about menopause, finding a new normal after big personal shifts. We chat also about hanging out in the unknown, beekeeping, working with nature and plants, God, Jesus, spirit, (laughs) so many topics, simple food, connection with people and the land. 
But before we dive in, I want to share something with you. I am offering $100 off my signature course, Reclaiming Resilience, to the listeners of this episode, which is basically a self-paced five-week course that teaches us how to be with big emotions and sensations, expands our capacity for more joy, more love, and more pleasure, while we also learn how to access our boundaries, our intuition, and build safety in our body. Essentially, we'll be learning how to harness the power of our nervous systems. In the program, we are changing the way we perceive ourselves, our patterns, and our limiting beliefs, as well as finding our unique voice. Use the code FEELGOOD, all caps, at checkout. And of course, for those of you seeking one-on-one support, I offer coaching packages and one-on-one sessions. I'll pop all of that info into the show notes. Back to Lisa. Lisa Hillier's path has taken her from swimming in a sea of alcohol as an interior designer to being immersed as a yoga teacher on the Ganges of India. She's been a priestess in the New Age world, holding retreats, ceremonies, and circles, and recently journeyed back to Christ through a constellation of events. She shares her journey as she lives out loud on her Phoenix Rising podcast, where she has guests from all over the world sharing stories and paths to healing. She now lives a quiet life on a beautiful piece of earth on the Sunshine Coast in BC, Canada, making medicine, healing with the land, and communing with God. Without further ado, please welcome Lisa Hillier to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Both Lisas. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so happy that you're here. I've been really looking forward to this chat with you. And it's just such a pleasure to have you on and to learn more about, you know, the healing journey that you've been on and how that's shifted your life and your work and your spirituality. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for for coming on. Thank you for having me, love. I'm excited for this chat. Me too. It brought up a lot just even in the reflection. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Me too. And I was actually reflecting on how long we've actually known each other for. It's like, I think that we've probably known each other since like 2013, 2014. You know, we actually knew each other before that. And I don't even think you know. Okay. Because I lived um, in those condos by MRC and I used to work with Mark sidebar and you lived in those condos right beside me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Told you that. So we're, I'm learning something completely new right now. <laughs> that yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like 2005. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's been even longer and we've just been weaving in and out of each other's lives um, for the past many decades then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How wonderful. (laughs) So I know that recently though, we've been reconnecting through, you know, my work in somatic and attachment therapy and then your own journey through CPTSD and some, some things that have been going on in your life. So I think, you know, we're going to jump into some topics that you're currently passionate about. Um, but before we do that, I'd love to to hear how you've landed here 
what's happened within your own journey that led you back to nature and God and herbals? So I know that's a a, a big question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a huge question. And you know, I've landed in this space that I often call the space in between. Like I'm not really sure where my work's going just to like hone it in on work specifically, but my life has flourished in so many ways. But what I knew a year ago is completely different from what I know today. So there's been a a huge shift. And just to give it a little bit of context, I was in the new age world. I was doing ceremonies and rituals and holding retreats. And, you know, what led me there is a whole other story. And I'll go, I'm sure we'll go into threads of that through our conversation, but specifically like that was my life. I was teaching yoga. I was a trained priestess. I was doing ceremonies with the moons. I was, you know, and all of that was so beautiful and potent. And then my trauma caught up with me is how I kind of define it. And, you know, as you know, I have a podcast and you've been on my podcast and it's a beautiful conversation, but there was a conversation that I had with a woman named Kate Cavanaugh and we were speaking to illness and she just said, it's never one thing. It's always a constellation of things. And so, you know, why my life has changed so drastically was, yes, my trauma caught up with me, but it was a constellation of things. I was going through menopause and didn't know I was going through menopause. I was having panic attacks. I think I was post COVID. And so essentially what happened was um, severe panic attacks and intrusive thoughts. And that's where you and I reconnected and I started working with you with somatics. And so, but what that also brought me was back to God and Jesus was pursuing me. And it's so wild how he pursues, like it was so blatantly obvious. Um, And so that brought me back to church and back to God as a masculine figure And part of that journey, you know, when I was in the new age world, in the goddess realms, as a priestess, it was all about the goddess and men were not really a part of that. Um, Mm. You know, I did hold ceremonies with a friend of both of ours, Matt, and there was the masculine, but it was all women. Like it was all women all the time and the divine feminine and the goddess. And, and before I had, you know, what I'll call a nervous breakdown. I don't, I don't even really know what language to give it yet. Um, I was trying to heal my relationship with men and my mentor at that time said, if you want to heal your relationship with men, you need to heal your relationship with God as the masculine. And so all that was kind of happening at once. And so that all came into this like collision, we'll say at Christmas time. And now it's been a journey of what aligns, what doesn't align, what fits in, what doesn't fit in my survival being the utmost importance going through, you know, learning that I had CPTSD, 
um, and all of that. So that's kind of brought me to this moment. Mm. And what, what is really fascinating about it is that what was my work before was all online. It was all coaching other people, spiritual mentorship, all of that. In my experience, I couldn't coach somebody when I was off the rails myself. Mm -hmm. And so what became healing was nature, like foraging plants, being out on land, screens, like intensified everything. So what I knew as my work couldn't be my work anymore because it didn't feel good. It it threw me back into the anxiety. Mm and the panic attacks. So being with the plants was like a way to working with my hands. It's really been interesting because anything that I do with my hands is healing, but anything I do on screens is like, ah, so that's kind of, did that even answer your question? That's kind of what brought me to this moment. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that you made a, um, so many just really beautiful points um, in regards to the journey of life and how we can be fully immersed in this other paradox of, you know, healing the feminine and thinking all of our work is there and doing all of these circles and being fully enmeshed. And there's importance there and there's purpose there. And it's not taking away from that journey, but then this other thing comes in. It's like, hey, I'd now like your attention. Um, I'd now like for some presence and some Mm. consideration. And sometimes, you know, it comes in as as a whisper. And then other times it's a brick through the window. Mine was a brick through the window. Yeah. I can can relate. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to the tsunami that took me out. Um Yeah. So it's also like, what does life look like after the tsunami, you know, and how, and I've always been somebody, and I know this is a trauma response that has been all in, like I've just Mm. all in. Yeah. Um, And so that doesn't always work. You know, it's like finding the space in the middle or the Mm -hmm. space in between where it's not one or the other. You know, it's not even right now. It's like, it's, it doesn't have to be all Christianity, all Jesus. It's like where, what does fit. And also what are, what are places that I'm not willing to open myself to. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, um, getting curious about more aspects of life. And I always think that, curiosity is the way to play and it's the way to self-realization as well. I love that you use that, that wording. Like how did you experience Jesus pursuing you? I'm so interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I actually went to a Christian church when I was in design school, I was Pentecostal and that was when I was 24. And so I had a strong connection with God and God has always been there, Mm. but what it's been, it's been God and many other things as well. Um, And so I left the church because I, I mean, I was still grieving the death of my father. I was still um, 
I was going through a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff. And I was just kind of mad at God. And I was like, what the, what is this? Like, where's some peace and stillness in, in this life. And so I left the church and then I, you know, whatever found yoga, went to India, did all these different things. And, um, and so where he started pursuing me in a really blatant way was, you know, I moved out to the sunshine coast. Um, I believed in signs and numbers and, the reason I'm here is because of a story about a wolf and an eagle. And, I, <laughs> and it is the most beautiful story. And mm. I do still fully believe it was coming from God. But that's how much I believed in all these other anchor points. And um, so I was here on the Sunshine Coast, only knew two people, and then my ex-boyfriend. And... I went to a concert and this was after um, my then mentor, Christina was like, you need to repair your relationship with the masculine face of God. And so I was at this concert in Roberts Creek, which is the cutest place in the world in this little hall. And we just thought it was this fun concert. And then I'm there with my friends and all of a sudden it's all like worship music. And this woman's like, praise God, praise Jesus. And we're like, Oh, like I didn't know. (laughs) it's like I didn't know we were coming to this kind of um thing but I was like into it and we were dancing and singing and and I was like to my friend I'm like I kind of feel like going back to church again and at that time I was dating a guy named Christian so that felt like a little like nudge it did like his name's Christian and um yeah that just made me think of this other thing that came up in a, a breath healing session with a mentor but anyway so we're at this concert and we're, you know, and I was like, I feel like going to church again. And my friend, Steph was like, me too. She's like, "There, everybody's going to this church that's in Davis Bay. You know, we should go. And so we kind of made this plan, but never really um, did anything with it. And then a couple of months later, mm-hmm. I went away to Texas and Texas, Jesus is everywhere, like I went for acupuncture. There's Jesus music. Like you're just engulfed in Jesus in uh, <laughs> Texas. Cause they really go big. There's drive through prayer and everything. Wow. And so yeah. drive through prayer, so, mm-hmm. drive through prayer, right beside drive through daiquiris <laughs> so, as you would have them as, as you would. <laughs> um, and so there was this little nudge already. And then I was in Texas. Ha- that was where the collision happened. The constellation happened where I got extremely, extremely sick. Um, and my sister was like, I'm going to take you to church. And my sister does not go to church, but Mm. what's so cool is that her son wants to go to church all the time now and he wants to get baptized. And so anyway, because I was so, and it was mentally sick, I was mentally sick. Um, she was like, I'm going to take you to church. So we went to church and I was just like, I felt something. I felt something. And so then I came back to Canada and my boyfriend broke up with me when I got back. And so what that meant was I knew nobody on the coast except these two people that were going through their own stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody was going through some heavy stuff. And so I'm essentially scared of myself. Like, right. Like I was constantly trying to seek safety for myself. And I was like, I know there's this church that everybody's going to. 
I just Googled churches in Davis Bay and prayed that I picked the right one. Mm. And I went and I picked the right one. Some of the people I knew of were there and it became this like saving, saving grace place, like a safe place where I could go. And so that was like kind of nudge. And then I went not long after that to Vancouver to pick up my mom from the airport. And there was literally a man standing there with a sign that said savior. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> um, and I had always been in this world. I'd always struggled with the church because your savior was outside of yourself. Yes. Yeah. I always struggle with that. And all of a sudden I was like, Jesus is my savior. And when I experienced the collision, I didn't want to save myself. I like was in moments where I was like, mm-hmm. God, just take this from me. And so to have something outside of myself to hold that for me mm-hmm. was like, I will give you, I will give you all of it. I will give my life over to you. Like I am on my knees, God. And um, so, yeah, when I saw that savior sign, I was like, you And I'm going to use the word submit, which I know triggers a lot of people, but to me, submit and surrender go hand in hand. Like you, you have to give it to him and you can't do this on your own. And I think that is such a potent thing because in my life, I was always trying to do it on my own. Yeah. I was a single mom. Um, And yeah, I, I mean, I can think back to so many relationships with men in my life and they were beautiful men. Yeah. They had their flaws. They were human, but it was always like they, I wouldn't let them help me. It was always, I can do this on my own. I was interdependent or whatever the word is, you know, which again is a trauma response. Um, interindependent. What's the word? Yeah. Like <clears throat> more like, like ultra independent. Cause yes. like interdependence is kind of yeah, even, thing. even give and yeah. take. Yeah. Of responsibility and, you know, the love that yes. shared back and forth, but yeah. Yeah. Ultra independent. Um, yeah. and so to give it over to somebody else was, that was like the pursuit that Jesus was on. Mm. It was like, I can give you this and I can like, I always use the words, like, I just want to fall into the arms of a man and let him hold me. But I could never do that because I wasn't falling into the arms of God. I wasn't letting God hold me. I wasn't Mm -hmm. letting Jesus hold me. And so that was the ultimate pursuit. I ultimately think that that's what surrender is, is the allowance of ourselves to be held. Yeah. And that can be through another human being it can be through spirit it can be through nature um which is kind of just all the same <laughs> you know it's kind of just yeah that's all that's all god you know if it is if all that's god the terminology that that we're using and i don't i don't get triggered by that word i'm i'm quite okay with using the word god or spirit or <clears throat> when i was journaling for a long time i was communicating with the voice and that felt okay for me too Um, but it is this idea of, I don't have it all. I don't know it all. And damn, I need some help (laughs) help right now. (laughs) Do it all. And 
what was so fascinating about that whole experience was because I was, you know, ultra independent and wanted, thought I could do it all on my own, Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, wasn't open to receive. I couldn't do it all on my own because I was scared of myself. So I was constantly running from myself. And the only time I felt safe was when other people were with me, you know, that I knew could, I mean, it sounds so crazy when I say it, but if I did flip out, which I never actually did flip out, but I was so scared I would flip out that could, could handle me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, maybe I'll just elaborate on that. So your listeners aren't like, what the flip is she talking about? But <laughs> tell us more, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, that this is probably something that you can add to where giving more depth on CPTSD. But so I was abused as a child and I was also uh, beat up quite a few times as a teenager. I grew up in a quite rough area of the world. I grew up really far North, really far Northern Canada, Mm. um, where there was a lot of fighting and, um, but I never fought back. And I obviously didn't protect myself from this abuser because I was a kid. And so I was constantly, well, I wasn't constantly, but there were threats. There were always threats outside of myself. And I've constantly lived with that feeling of a threat. And then COVID intensified that threat. Yeah you know, where I was constantly like, when's the next thing? When's the next ball going to drop? And so it was always kind of the world isn't a safe place. Other people aren't safe. And so what happened with this breakdown was all of a sudden, what if I'm not safe? And what if I hurt somebody else? And, um, and because, uh, you know, the, man that abused me did his parents did say if you've been abused you're more likely to abuse and that stuck in my head for my whole life I always remembered that and then all of a sudden it was like what if I hurt somebody what if I abuse somebody um and so I was protecting my family from harm by putting suitcases up against my door while I was sleeping Mm -hmm in case I slept walked in the middle of the night, which I've never done in my life. Um, So I was protecting my family from myself, which rationally sounds absolutely crazy, but something happened in my body. I re-triggered trauma by doing a hands-on workshop that brought that spirit, the spirit of a predator alive Mm -hmm. within me. Yeah. What can often happen with um, compartmentalized trauma that's been in our system for a long time is that when it gets triggered, right, it's just been in these pockets, we'll say, that have been very much alive within us, you know, and in the quiet moments, we can sometimes feel it, like you mentioned, always kind of feeling threat and never kind of feeling safe, allowing yourself to be held. And then suddenly we're faced with um, that, that compartment being opened. So it can look like externally, you know, being afraid to, to injure others and internally being afraid that we're going to harm ourselves and sometimes like actually trying to harm ourselves. And so 
you know, it's very scary. And everything can kind of feel out of control. So that safety that we didn't have or basic trust in God or life or in ourselves or in our caregivers, suddenly as an adult, we're faced with all of these scary moments that we didn't know how to process as children because they weren't, we weren't, either we weren't developed enough in our brain to be able to allow the processing of that experience to go through the higher centers of our brain, which ultimately helps to, to release the experience. Um, Or, and we didn't have the support that we needed afterwards, which I mean, so many of us for whatever reason didn't, whether we had parents that were dealing with their own traumas, deaths in the family, environments that weren't safe. I mean, God, so many things can contribute to this. If there was a lack financially growing up, you know, constantly living in survival, like all that shit, it all takes up space. And as little people, we're just, we're soaking it all up. Yeah. Trying to make everything better for, for everyone else. Don't worry. I got this mom, dad, you look sad. I'll take your pain, <clears throat> you know? So it doesn't get redirected at them like, oh, cause we can't understand like the context of what's going on in, in the adult world. It's like, what have I done wrong? Yeah. How am yeah. I wrong? Yeah. You know, so as we grow and, and develop these capacities, we'll call them because that's what it is. It's like when our nervous system becomes developed, when our brains become fully developed, we do have the ability to process hard shit. Yes. Yeah. With assistance and guidance and a higher power and other people, you know? So it's kind of like, it's that whole saying where what happened to us wasn't our fault, but then it's our responsibility later on to, Mm -hmm. to like find peace or find harmony or, you know, heal. That's true because we do have the ability to do that if we choose to do so. Yeah. And, you know, I hear the phrase children are resilient so often Mm -hmm. like now and, and they're not, they're not, they're storing it. And yeah. They're sponges. And just like you said, I wanted everything to be okay. After my parents found out, I wanted everything to go back to normal. That's right. My parents didn't know how to handle it. So I got, you know, tossed off to therapist after therapist after therapist, because that's all they, they didn't know. Yeah. And, and so they're not resilient. I wasn't resilient. I held it for until my body was literally like, you cannot hold this anymore. And what was so interesting is I've been doing this work since 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've had not really counselors. I got, I had some trauma around counselors. He used to hypnotize us and I knew something was off. He would hypnotize his patients when I was in my twenties and um, I could feel something was off and he was later shut down for inappropriate mm-hmm. behavior. Um, so another layer. Oh yeah. Another layer. 
I know he's a man. And I'm Jesus. like, Jeez. That was when I left <laughs> the church the first time because I was just like, what is this shit? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I was constantly doing the work. Um, but I, you know, and what the workshop was, and I just I'm gonna name it because I think it's important if people are diving into those realms to have mm-hmm. proper support. It was a, a workshop on the Yoni. Um the vagina and we store so much in our vagina and our yoni as women. And especially Mm -hmm. if we've, you know, and not, not only was there sexual abuse, but there was, you know, and it's not, not the men in my faults life. It's the culture that we grew up in. We grew up in hookup culture Mm nobody you know what I mean it wasn't there wasn't conversations about you know just I'm I'm more alluding to sex when I wasn't ready yeah you know what I mean and so as women we store all of that in our body and we can go deeper into that for sure mm. but um and so it was a workshop internal workshop where I triggered something and so when you're doing that work you need support yeah and I didn't should have known it was my responsibility, but I didn't, I was on holidays in Texas doing an online workshop up in my sister's spare room, you know, and then a tsunami happened after that. Totally. You probably thought it was just going to be a a fun exploration. I was like, Oh my, you know, this is going to be great for me and my boyfriend and, you know, (laughs) can experience like feel more during sex. And, you know, that was the intention. But there were signs leading up to that, that I was having panic attacks. And so, but I wasn't listening to the signs because I was very much in the headspace. It's post COVID. We're all readjusting, Mm -hmm. you know, not maybe I should look into this. Maybe my hormones are completely out of whack. So all of these different levels um, coming into play and yes, you know, something that you said just there, it's like, I wasn't listening to myself. You know, there were signs of this. And what I think often gets missed is when we're experiencing nervous system dysregulation, especially when it's like high anxiety or panic, it's like our systems will reach towards more of the same. So, and that's a very, can be a very unconscious thing. And so it alludes to, okay, so touch is, or can be pleasurable. Sex is pleasurable. Touch and sex are also ways that the body regulates when it's not coupled with trauma (laughs) and abuse. So when I put it into like that context, You know, of course, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to improve my relationship. It's like, I'm going to learn some things about myself. I'm going to have some pleasurable touch, which is regulating most of the time to the body, unless it's a traumatized body Mm -hmm. um, and traumatized in that way. And then suddenly the touch or the sex does the opposite of that, sends us into peaks of high arousal that blow us out of the water. Yeah. Certain kinds of touch. Yeah. You know, and everybody's different in, in the way that they experience that it doesn't necessarily have to be genital touch. 
it could be any, it could be any kind of touch. So yeah. I kind of just wanted to give some, some voice to that as well, because it's so much easier to make decisions that are right from us, for us when we're coming from a place of regulation. That's why I'm mm. always talking. It's like such a boring word, I'm like regulation, oh, like always on the regulation because it's true every time. Yeah. Things yeah. become clearer. Suddenly our trauma responses and the way that we've always approached life begins to change. And we're like, oh, fuck, like I'm not into the same things anymore. Wow. I just know that I'm not meant to do this anymore. And it's like this internal knowing that begins to emerge mm -hmm. that is beautiful, making yeah. way for conversations with God, making way for plants, making way for, you know, all of these different things that are truly there to support us Yeah, on this journey. So I just, yeah. I'm always just like, yes, to the body. <laughs> yes, we do know how to do it. It just, man, yeah. as you can attest to, it's like not easy. It's not easy no. work. No, it's no, like far from it. No, no, it's far from it. That was, you know, I think back on my life and I was like, that was the most horrific experience of my life. And I didn't expect to be having that in my mid forties after doing, you know, tons and tons and tons of work on myself. And, you know, I realized that just how you're speaking to from a, a regulated nervous system. Now I can be like, Nope, I'm not doing that. That's right. No, you just know, you just know. But before I was constantly seeking answers. That's right. Same. I'll do the ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. I'll do the mushroom ceremony. I'll do any ceremony to get internal answers. And they were coming internally, but what were they being channeled through? That is kind of like the question that comes up a lot for me now. Totally. Was, yeah. you know, and so what was I actually opening myself up to? I don't know. But I, but just that, I don't know but I've had experiences in my life after I went to India, after I went to India, I had weird things happening mm -hmm. where that I know that things can attach to us. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I know through sobriety that when we are under the influence, other things are coming in. That's right. And so I, that was part of like the new age world where I never wanted to accept that maybe there were things that were heavy and dark and not of the greatest good, you know, cause it yeah. was a, you know, Jesus is just love and light and everything's a bit like we're all one. And I, I was like, but I'm not the same, mm. you, you know, and this is kind of like going off on a whole nother thread, but that experience after India and you know, this past experience that I went through was just like, I might've not opened myself up to one single thing while I was on plant medicine mm. or doing ceremony and ritual, but I also really might've. Yeah. And I don't know. And so I'm going to use a shit ton of discernment now Yes, because 
I don't want to take that chance again. It's like you nailed it. <laughs> Discernment. Yeah. Is the thing that is often missing when we're in states of shutdown or overwhelm because we're desperate. Yeah. And desperate yeah. people do desperate things. You know? Yes. And and, but it was all like with good intention in the name of totally personal growth and love. And, you know, like Absolutely. I went to a Tantra temple. Yeah. That there was not one thing that was sacred about it. It was just an orgy, mm-hmm. you know? And that's so that's, I mean. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not, okay. So I said those words and those are like strong words, like desperate people do desperate things, but like when you're in pain and it's kind of like underneath the surface of everything you do, for like your entire life. Yeah. It's yeah. like seeking once you've healed some things and once you've figured out a few of those patterns, like the big dominoes that are just like really there underneath the surface. It's like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it is for me. And it comes back to that discernment, man, I was always a yes to all of these different ceremonies, all of these different groups. I'm like, let's do breath work, you know, one weekend and the next weekend I'm like, let's do like an intense processing of, you know, whatever doesn't matter next weekend after that. It's like, yeah, let's do some more plant medicine. And it reminds me of this one picture that I saw on Instagram, probably like two or three years ago. And there's like this shadow figure following behind this guy that's like off Mm. to do another medicine, plant medicine journey. And it's like, just integrate me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that's the other portion of this. It's like, I myself was just going and seeking and and because I, I'm a Sagittarian too. So I'm going to bring in that astrology and I know you are as well. So I'm like, Oh, like there's so many things to explore and I, I want to know what they are and I want to see how they're leading to breakthroughs or breakdowns or whatever it is. And there's so many beautiful things to experience, but when the body's already overwhelmed, when it's already up to here with its own shit that just keeps yeah. circulating, it's like, there's no time for, for integration. There's yes. no time for digestion of like what has actually happened. And so my need to go to ceremony or to sit in circle all the time, it's so nice that I don't have that. Like if I want to do it, it's for the joy of doing it. Not because Mm. it's something that I obsessively, like I just need to figure something out about myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, that difference of like, I enjoy just doing things because I want to do them now not because I'm going to fall apart if I don't. Mm, Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, and, and I had healed so many aspects, so it wasn't all wrong. It wasn't all bad. No. Um, there were huge shifts that took place in my life, but it was almost masking what really needed to be looked at. Yeah. Or maybe I just wasn't ready then. I don't know. I mean, I can't, who knows? Yeah. Hindsight, you know? Totally. A combination of all those things. Cause you're right. Who actually knows? It was a combination. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I'll bring in that I was vegan for six and a half years. And so I had stopped having my period 2021 and hadn't had it for over a year. And so Mm -hmm. I was 42 then. 
and was like, oh, I should get my hormones checked. I should get my hormones checked. Kept putting it on the back burner. Like get your hormones checked women. (laughs) Please women get your hormones checked. Because (laughs) yes, menopause Uh is no joke for 25% of women. Yeah. One in four women, like actually the rates of suicide with women go up. And this was nothing I knew about, like nothing. And I mean, I am early to have gone through it, um, but it's not really something that I've ever heard about, Mm -hmm. not spoken about in our society. And so these initiations for women are intense, you know, our first bleed, monarchy, pregnancy, like birth and the babes, menopause, they're all huge initiations. Yeah. And menopause is a big one that I don't think many women talk about. And on the the flip side, men go through big initiations as well, but they don't have the physical, like they don't know, you know, that's I mean, right. we know we stop bleeding. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, menopause is no joke. <laughs> how, how is it going for you now? Well, journey? it's in, you know, I'm on bioidentical progesterone. I'm also on anti-anxiety medication, which I'm hoping I can go off in the spring. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm the woman that didn't get the vaccine. You know what I mean? I am not that I'm against pharmaceuticals, but I like to heal naturally. I think my immunity, you know, all those things. So I think that kind of gives listeners a feel of how I stood when it came to pharmaceuticals. That's right. Um, and then all of a sudden I have all these pills that I have to take. Um, so, you know, with the anti-anxiety and then the bioidentical progesterone, everything's great, but Mm. I'm medicated, but Mm. I've also done a lot of somatic work with you. Yeah. That was so fascinating. Um, that I trust that when the time comes to go off and I live on the West coast. Um, and so it's not the right time to go off because we're just moving into our rain 24 mm-hmm. seven, uh, which does affect <laughs> yeah. people. It does affect people it for does. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the spring when the sun comes back um, and just that trust and that I have community and I have support and I have Jesus, like I have my, my anchors that, feel like they're not, you know, like I don't even subscribe to the Akashic records or any of that anymore because I was told so many things knowing that they weren't truth, mm. but they were like, they were false anchors. Yeah. You know, like, yes, yeah. yes. A man's going to come into your life. Yes. This is going to happen. Yeah. It hasn't happened and that's okay. But it re- was these false anchors that I was always subscribing to. And, and sure on some timeline, maybe that did happen, but in this physical reality, it didn't. And so why am I subscribing to, you know what I mean? As opposed to just like in this moment, this is truth. This is truth. This is where I'm at. Yeah. You know, so, um, so now everything, just this whole other world has opened up. So, I mean, I feel great. And I think hormone replacement therapy is an interesting one. Um, I just know so many women that are going on HRT Mm. at my age. 
And it could have to do with taking birth control in our twenties, but I don't know if anything comes up for you from a trauma standpoint of why hormone replacement therapy would come in. Like, is there anything, you know, that, that these women might not be working through? Like I, I know these women and I could name it all off, Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to, but um, yeah. for you, if anything comes up of what, I mean, for me, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like right. a lot of times, you know, depletion in certain minerals and vitamins and micro and macronutrients, they obviously play a huge role in how we're able to to function and move into the world and all of that. And at the same time, when there's unprocessed trauma and wounding that also fucks up hormones yeah, <laughs> and the way that we're able to, um, absorb nutrients and take in, you know, mm. so often in this work, I see people and myself included, you know, allergies that they've had forever will just clear up certain aches and pains, chronic pain, all of these things, because like the nervous system and the vagus nerve is literally innervating and attached to like everything. <laughs> yeah. And so I like to say that like, you know, once we can remove some of the barriers to healing, the supplements, the hormone replacement, that all of these other things become much more efficient. And that's mm. what I've noticed within my, my own journey and journey with so many of clients that I've worked with throughout the years is just like, you know, people are doing somatic therapy and talk therapy, which is amazing. To me, it's like the missing link for talk therapy, you know, same, same. I had been in talk therapy for God, a long time mm -hmm. and just did not experience the lasting healing and the lasting amount of peace and serenity that I feel now and the capacity and the consistency in which I can just like show up to life. Yeah. <clears throat> and so within that, everything just became better. You know, I'm doing my herbal infusions, which I love, like all of these things, they just, I notice so much more benefit when I go to talk with my therapist, my talk therapist, or whoever I'm working with, things just are able to come to the surface and kind of just like trickle out without as much effort. So I know it's, it's kind of a tangent that I just went on, but everything works together, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. No, and, and that's been yeah. your experience too, right? It's like, it wasn't yeah. just the somatics. It wasn't just the, the hormone stuff. It wasn't just the God. It was like all of, all of the things yeah. coming together, um, for a certain time to assist on the healing yeah. journey. What I will yeah. say is, yeah, I just, I really do feel like working somatically, um, through therapy, through some of those really trying times, it just, it really does improve so many other areas of life. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it's like, it's a constellation that brings us to illness and then it's a constellation that heals us. That's right. Too. It's yeah. not one thing. Like I, you know, when I'm like, okay, what healed me? 
And I mean, I'm not healed. I don't know yeah. if we ever get to fully healed. I don't think so. Maybe it's that's like, why. Yeah. I look at it more now like um, self-empowerment. Yes. Yeah. It's like I've got my tool belt full. Yeah. Exactly. And Jesus, you know, it's like, yes. And I used to hate it when people, or I would cringe when people would use the word, the enemy, um, mm-hmm. as in like, you know, heavy things or see, I don't even want to name it now, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the enemy. And I'm like, but, but there is, and there is that darkness yeah, and it can live within us. That's, That's right. what I experienced, you know, or yeah, where it's got, like, I've got my tool belt where, I can, I'm more powerful than all of that. Um, yeah. you know, because the church was, their stance was none of that was me. None of those were my thoughts Yeah, that was, you know, and, and I don't know exactly where I stand with all of that, but it's like, you know, yeah, it's a wild world that we live in and it's, yeah, I think everything is not as we thought it was. And it was just another layer of, huh, you know? Yeah. 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 That's uh, our wild journey through time. Our wild space. journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through all of it. And I'm like, huh, I didn't think that would be part of my journey, but okay. Um, uh, yeah. We fill our tool belt. <clears throat> we fill our tool belt with the things that support us. And, you know, we eliminate the things that don't support us. That's right. And I just, I wanted to kind of circle back to what you said about Akashic reading and, oh man, I could, I could talk about this for a long time. Some of the readings that we can get can be very uh, disempowering, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll latch on, like you said, to like one thought or one idea, especially when we're in a place of like seeking and searching that can be a detriment to us quite honestly it's like the loop that keeps on playing back well that woman and she was recommended told me that I would be doing this right now or maybe this other psychic told me that I wasn't here to make a lot of money in this lifetime Uh Uh you know all of these different things to me I look at it now as it's a form of again we come back to this word discernment Yeah, you know, and being able to internally resource ourselves instead of needing someone to tell us what to do. Yeah. And so that is a whole other element of this healing journey. It's like, once we get to a certain point, we just begin to know ourselves more deeply. And to make decisions from that place, if someone's going to come to me and tell me like, I need to go and get a vaccine, or if I need to go and like do this shit, if I don't know myself and my own internal standards and my own values and my own somatic body and what actually feels good when I'm regulated and when I know that there's a certain amount of flow when I'm connected to others, it's so much easier for me to be like, oh, hell no, like that ain't for me. And I can stand in that. I can Mm -hmm. take a stand in that and I can be okay with others disagreeing with me. Because it's not about the other person. It's about my own experience of what I need and what I don't need. And I just think that we're taught to be nice, right? This conversation, especially around like women, 
like be nice, hug your creepy uncle, like do all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) ultimately what that leads to is us not trusting ourselves and not having these like energetic and physical boundaries with partnerships, with our parents, with substances, all of these things comes down to boundaries and knowing yourself and being able to discern like and what's right your, for us. Yeah. Your hard yeses, your hard noes, and your maybes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like just coming back to the Akashic records for a brief moment, but a psychic, I went to a psychic when I was 14 and she told me something that I was looking for my whole life. Mm. So and also it's like the flip yeah, side. Yeah. You know yeah. how, Yeah. And who knows? I mean, it may eventually come true, but it may really not. Like it's really looking like it's not right about now. <laughs> and there's so, still time. <laughs> there's still time. But it's like I've lived my whole life through that lens of what I was told was going to happen. Yeah. You know, how disempowering is that? You know, and right. I forgot about it sometimes, but then I also, it came to the forefront again. So yeah, it's just that coming back to what is real right now. You, you know, what is actually real right now? Who knows yeah. what's going to happen in the future? Absolutely. And how present can I be with what is presenting itself to me right now? Yes. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. Uh, chasing something that is the potential. That's right. Yeah. Living for what is, because we can do that in relationship as well. Yes. Ever been there? We're like, that one's got potential. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Six years later, like still, still there's potential there still, but it's not necessarily realized by the person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're chasing these potentials. Mm. Mm. It's like just right here, right now. Right here, right now. Yeah. So um, just to switch it up a bit, because I'm so interested to learn more about your wildcrafting journey, because like I'm all about the herbs and the bees, and I've actually had bees as well. I've um, stewarded with bees and and so many lessons from those those little guys and so cute and also how they work together and what Mm. they can teach us. Same thing with the plants. And learning yeah. how to be with them with your hands and how to you how to I hate the word use, but like how to like be with the plants, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and the medicine that they they so generously give us. Yeah. Well, bees, um, the buzzing helps with CPTSD. It does, yes. And yeah. And the yeah. stings, like the venom is so good for you and all that kind of stuff. So have you been stung? No. No, not have you? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> not much. One time. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, and I go in with bare arms and um, bare hands. And no, I haven't experienced it yet. I'm sure my time will come. But mm-hmm. um, it all, I mean, I've always wanted to have bees for yeah. a while now. I've wanted to rewild land for a long time um, and heal and work with the land and provide a space where people can heal with the land. 
for a while. It's been a dream for a long time. Um, And so when I moved to the coast and I'm specifically on the Sunshine Coast, which is kind of this little treasure that's remote and only accessible by boat or plane. um, It's everywhere. You know, my dream's everywhere. Mm. And so I wanted, I, it was out of a need to be around people, be with nature and to use my hands essentially. And just to feel like I was contributing to my survival, if that Mm. makes any sense. Everything became about surviving. And so Mm. I started working with this bee mentor. We like, we processed 500 pounds of honey and it was just literally to get me out of the house and get me away from the phone. And, um, and because I love bees and I love learning about them and they are absolutely so fascinating. I saw a baby coming out of his cell, like poking out. I was like, that is so, it was just like such a magical, like we see whales all the, not all the time when we don't take it for granted, Mm -hmm. but it's like seeing these massive majestic creatures like coming out of the ocean. And then to see this like little speck of a bee coming out of his cell, like just starting his life and he's going to create so much in such a short time, you know, Mm -hmm. and their first job is to clean out their cell. And it's like, they're just, you know, um, and so that, that, um, those things became my anchor points. Like I'm going to see the bees at this time. You know what I mean? Like they became my anchors and my structure. Yeah. And then the wild foraging, uh, again, I, every morning I go to this place called Sergeant Bay and I love it because I've been going for over a year now to the same place almost every morning. And you see how it changes and how it transitions and the seasons it goes through. And last year when I was here, I didn't notice, but in, I wasn't here in the spring, so sorry, but the spring, all of a sudden, all these wild roses, it was a hallway of wild roses and there'd be petals like all over on the branches, like thousands of roses, the most creamy. Oh, it was so beautiful. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, I'm going to start just taking the fallen petals mm. and creating stuff. And, and so me, my, a friend was visiting and we went at night and we just like gather all these petals. I'm like, I'll make tincture. And the, it was like a symphony of frogs, like the frogs were, and it was just all these anchor points that were real. Mm-hmm. They were real. And I was still mentally in between where I wasn't fully like myself, like I feel like now, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like in the shit storm anymore. And um, so every day I would just gather these petals and I would make tincture. And then I have this really good friend that I, we just became friends. He's probably close to 70 because he walks every day there too. And, and he'd be like, Oh, well, this is chicory. And, you know, there's mullen and there's like, um, California poppy and all the stuff that grows so wild here. And so I just started gathering it as a way to like one be with my hands out in nature, but then also when I would come home, um, to be doing that as a way to like 
be communing with something. And Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality to keep myself busy Yeah, because when I was alone by myself before it wasn't safe. And so to like integrate, like you're safe, you're with these plants, Mm -hmm. you're learning, you know, I was finding new anchor points that were real and not on my phone. (laughs) Amen. So (laughs) because I think it's so, you know, I spent years building an online business. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, I can't be on my phone. I haven't emailed my email list that it has thousands in probably a month or two. Yeah. And now it's all inhuman. And I think because mm-hmm. we, you know, this wasn't like a conscious thing, but because we experienced that without that during COVID. Yeah. That it was like, I can't not have that, you know? And then God brought me to where it was like, you literally need that and so the wild crafting like has just turned into all this medicine and going to school to be a herbalist and just you know and my whole community here is all about that like we're yeah. gonna make cheese we're gonna make butter you know I've dehydrated and canned and fermented enough vegetables to hopefully get me through the winter it's a different I want to say it's a different lifestyle here but I think it's a different lifestyle for me and many others post COVID Mm -hmm. um, where that like food sovereignty and knowing what you're putting in your body and coming back to that constellation of things, 100% the water affected my mental state, what I was eating, not having animal fats or saturated fats, you know? And so being very discerning and connecting with local farmers yeah. Buying it all from them. Um as a, all became this wild crafting. And I mean, I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime, but maybe we'll go to a barter system. It it could very well happen. And I have medicine, like drawers full of it. <laughs> mm, you're yeah. holding the medicine in a different kind of way. <clears throat> yes. And yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Cause I've been like, I don't coach and can't coach right now, but that's not forever. But I don't know if I will go back to coaching, but I'm like, I know innately that I am a healer. And so maybe this is how I'm healing now. You know, it's just showing up differently or by having bees and, you know, p- there's things that are built where it's like structures where people can lay down mm-hmm. and then the bees are buzzing underneath them. Yeah. to heal the, you know, CPTSD and stuff. So it, maybe it's just showing up in a different way Yeah. now, you know? Well, and I love what you said. What did you say? My dreams are everywhere. Everywhere. Around like, me. <laughs> yeah. I have this vision. <laughs> That's this, the best like, thing I've ever heard. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This like big uh-huh. open space. And I just moved into this barn and it's it. Like yeah. it is exactly it. And I'm like, huh? Like they're, they're everywhere. It's so cool. Um, Mm. and it was the story of a wolf and eagle that brought me here. That's right. (laughs) And then meeting the local farmers and the folks that know a little bit more about some things. 
I like to think of that as elderhood. Mm. So like one of my biggest joys about being on the island <clears throat> and living in, you know, a sleepy fishing town was the sheer amount of wise elders I met and the ability to be able to learn from them because uh, they hold so much, you know, the old ways of um, plant identification and what to do in certain times of the year and how to go back to certain spots and and witness the plant in its different forms. Like you're speaking to all of that, mm. you know, and to me, especially at this point in my life as well, it's like, oh, there's so much juice there. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there that, you know, the mundane of reconnecting with nature can be just so life-giving and so beautiful and connect us in a way that, you know, we may not have experienced um, prior. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that was really beautiful how you spoke that. And it's like my, one of my best friends here is, a, I think he's 65 or 70 year old. That's right. Man. And he got me some salmon from an indigenous man and it had it was a full fish and we cut off its head and yeah <laughs> and now you know how to do that and shit. now I know how to do that and you know I'm gonna make fish stock from its you know and it's just so it's so like cool feels like a weird word to say it, but like it's so beautiful and rich yeah to just to get to connect with people in that way mm. and to connect with my food in that way. And yeah, it just made me think of, you know, like there's no alcohol, there's no drugs, there's no plant medicine. We're just two humans hang, you know, that are gutting a fish That's and right. it's beautiful. And yeah. there's so much just being a human in that, you know, there's no numbing or taking away. Yeah. It's, um, yeah very collaborative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, my dreams have come true in a big way. Just a hard fall to get them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, if you didn't have to go, you know, in my whole like take on struggle and resiliency and is just different. Like I always I was resilient, you know, there were multiple traumas and, mm -hmm. um, but just that sacrifice seems like such a harsh word or used to, but it's like sacrifice looks like different things. And we do, we, we do sacrifice stuff in our life to achieve what we want to achieve, you know? That's right. Yeah. Sacrifice and achieve seem like weird words, but yeah, we're not here for love and light and it's not all unicorns and rainbows. And, you know, I just want to throw this into the conversation because I was listening to another podcast um, where, um, you know, I felt, I mean, I've lost hundreds of followers on Instagram and that's okay. Um, but I completely shifted gears completely, you know, mm. And I judged myself for that. 
and was, you know, I, I mean, it had to happen. It, it completely, there was no choice, but I think what's important is that I'm learning and growing out loud Yeah. on Instagram and um, we're, I, I can change my mind today, tomorrow. I'm constantly evolving. And as women, especially we're constantly changing. Like I was an interior designer. And, Me and too. A, yeah, a priestess. <laughs> we share that. <laughs> and now I'm like, you know, we're so we're constantly changing. And this woman on this podcast just said, like, nothing is forever. You know, mm. it's yeah. part of life. And I think social media is great in many ways, but it's also not great in many ways. We're knowing what is going on all around the world 24 seven. And that's not how we lived ancestrally. And we're witnessing people live that we don't even know. That's right. You know, and um, that's not normal either, you know? And so we're, we're constantly bombarded with all of this information that, um, very polarizing and causes division and and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just not in our human nature. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Putting a whole bunch of extra pressure and stress on an already delicate system. Yeah. Yeah. Like our systems, even if we grew up with no trauma, nothing. Our That's systems right. are already delicate because of the food and the water That's and right. the Wi-Fi and all, you know, all the things. So yeah. I think just like, I think where I wanted to get with that was like having compassion and grace for ourselves, mm-hmm. but also for the people that we pedestalize. That's right. You know, like they're human too. Just makes me think of Russell Brand and kind of what's going on. And not paying much attention to it, but he's like, but it's like, he was a drug addict. You know, I was, alcohol was my poison. You know what I mean? We do stupid stuff and we're all human. And I think the weird thing is that we're, we're living it out loud. Yeah. Right now. For everyone to see. For everyone to see, for the world to see. And It's a, a weird, it's a beautiful gift. And it's also, I went to a presentation that spoke about a teaspoon of sugar with a drop of cyanide. And it's like, That's yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's maybe quite a few drops of cyanide on social mm-hmm. media. Totally. But um, yeah, having that grace for people because we're all, we're all going through it in some way, you know, that's right. and maybe that's the point here. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm still asking Jesus that one. <laughs> yeah. I think that will be the the never ending question. The never ending question. What is it all about? Yes. What is it all about? But I yeah. do, I'm also a very strong advocate for taking breaks from social media and to do things that light us up and fill us up because life can be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it can bring us to our knees, take us out at the knees if we let it. And mm-hmm. so having the ability to turn off if we can is important. It is important. 
very you know, important. Yeah. In so, this moment in yeah. the forest, it's, there's not much noise, mm. you so know, it's quiet. like clearing it away. It's so quiet. Yeah. Well, my friend, that was a really beautiful conversation and I'm so grateful that we got to hang out today. It was such a gift. I would also just enjoy if you could tell us where we can find you, like where's the best hub to find out, you know, what's going on with the herbs, with, you know, the podcast and any upcoming things that you're excited about that you want to share. Yes. Uh, so my podcast Phoenix rising is on Spotify and well, all platforms, mm-hmm. my website. Um, yeah, I have my tinctures and cells and all that kind of stuff on there as well. Um, but yeah, the podcast is really the place to find me. I am on Instagram at, at Lisa underscore underscore Hillier, H I L L Y E R. Um, but as far as offerings, like I don't, I don't have any right now. I think I'm going to start prayer and provision, um, which is a new take on seeds of intention, which I did for many, many years leading up to Christmas. Yeah. So fun. So good. Um, so I think I'm going to start that on November 15th, but what it is is 40 days and it'll be 40 days of prayer and, Mm. um, other stuff like, I don't know, it always kind of goes in a really beautiful, magical way. Uh, and it'll be $40, but where the provision aspect comes in is all of that goes into random acts of kindness. Mm. Um, you know, there's a big problem everywhere, everywhere with tent cities across Canada Yeah, and addiction and mental health is just through the roof. Um, so all, all that, you know, the $40 that people pay, uh, for this kind of 40 day journey of prayer online goes back to you know, like I'll go buy socks and take it to the tent city and just random things like buying somebody a coffee in the morning or paying somebody's for somebody's groceries. Like Canada's struggling a little bit right mm-hmm. now with the cost of living. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm going to have that coming up. I haven't done the, the page or anything for sign up, but yeah, prayer and provision. And yeah, I think we all need a little bit of God mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> and so however... He shows up to people. This will just be a coming together of prayer. And um, yeah. Wonderful. That's all. I will share all of that in the, in the show notes. And I just want to say, I appreciate you and yeah, the journey and sharing so much of your heart today with us. So thank you and bye for now. Thank you, love. And yeah, I appreciate you and how you've shown up in my life in so many different facets and yeah, sending you lots of love. So thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. As always, thank you so much for listening. Life is busy, so it means even more to me that you are here. Listen, we've got so many great episodes coming up, so please make sure that you follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening. And if you appreciate these episodes, please do us a favor and leave a review and share the show with anyone you think this episode would benefit. See you again next week. Bye for now.
Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.